Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. That's Chris Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer. Got you down. Thanks for rolling with us on a... Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. I don't know why I was about to say Friday because it's absolutely not that. Um, one more hour of the program here on Guess this evening. Guess what day it is. I'm going to go with Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Glad I got that Up one. Day. Shout out to Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos. And thank you guys for rolling with us. Oh, uh, someone asked what's the ones and twos. Like it's just a reference to, you know, like DJs. Turntables. Turn there mm-hmm. you go. Um, he doesn't have turntables over there, though. Faders. Just very standard radio broadcast got stuff. some gators but, over there, too. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I just like the idea that maybe Rodrigo's over there with a couple of turntables. Everyone's, if he wanted to, you know, go yeah. DJ Jeff yeah. on it, he could. Jazzy if Jeff, he, he could. To. yeah. You know. Um, Scratching himself and mixing and drink. There you go. Um, CA, obviously hanging out with me this evening. I appreciate mm-hmm. you doing that, sir. Which means here in the 20 minutes, we're going to get you some CA stories. That's always a great listen. So we want you to hang out um, and enjoy that. But right now, let's get you some headlines. On this evening in the Metroplex, we begin obviously talking about your Dallas Mavericks who were in action. They took on the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota, and uh, they got a loss. It was 121-87. However, there's a lot of context to this. A whole lot of context. Uh, We knew, and not just today, we knew yesterday that Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Derek Lively II, uh, Dante Exum, Derek Jones Jr. Yep. I, I, it feels like I keep naming names. Mm-hmm. All five of those gentlemen were out definitively for this game. And with that being the case, um, that's that's the starting lineup that uh, Jason Kidd would like to run out. And he's only done that lineup twice. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Those Because he's, he's, he wanted Dante Exum starting because he found out that Dante Exum could add some things when Kyrie was hurt. And then when Kyrie came back, Dante got it's just the craziest thing. By the way, Derek, Derek Lively, for those who wonder what happened to him, he got hit in the nose. Yes, he did. And it's broken. Yeah. Uh, that was against Orlando that was against on Orlando Monday, on Saturday, correct? Or Saturday. Saturday, that's right. They on played Orlando Saturday. And, and and then so Derek, Derek Jones Jr., he was going up for a dunk, and he, he almost got flipped, and he landed on his hands, and he sprained his wrist real bad. It's just a mess with all these. It's like a, we call it, a, a mash unit. Yeah, and, but I will say a this. A series of unfortunate events, if you might say. Yeah, so the Mavericks, knowing that Minnesota's the best team in the league and they still had to play the game, they said, okay, next man up, let's see what kind of roster we got here. And they actually competed until the second half got underway, and that's when Minnesota said, don't you know, we Minnesota, we got length, we're tall. Carl Anthony Towns, 29 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Rudy Gobert, 17 points, six rebounds. Uh, Anthony, it was nine points, five rebounds, five assists. And the Mavericks backups, 
most of them were negatives. Yeah. But they did compete for a half. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're going to be negatives playing in starters and not just mm-hmm. any starters. Starters on a good team. However, I think there were some bright spots. Josh Green shot well. Yes, he did. 18 points on 8 of 13 shooting. And so that, again, continues to add in a way to the confounding the nature mystery. that he plays, right? He can give you, you know, some, some great effort and score some buckets, but he's not always consistent in doing so. That ends up being a little tough. Another positive in a way, Rashawn Holmes in his starting uh, capacity, 11 points, 4 of 6, 10 boards, so a nice uh-huh. little double-double for him, maybe giving a little bit more credence to his possibility as a backup big. But I think you also mentioned, and rightfully so, that, you know, with more exposure, it gets a little tougher for him. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good to know that every once in a while, especially in relatively limited circumstances, he can come in and play pretty well against a really big Minnesota team. Exactly. It just shows you that's why they're looking for somebody like him, a little younger, who can rebound. In other words, when I say like him, I'm talking about somebody's thin, not somebody that's going to clog the lane. If they could trade for somebody that's a not some superstar, but somebody that can sh- share the load with Lively. Yeah. And that's what Rashawn Holmes, they were hoping he could do. And, but he can't do it enough. No. And so they got to get somebody else. Yeah, and I mean, I look, I, I don't mean to say that he was entirely unwanted, but he really more came along with the deal that they made in order to get that pick that ultimately um, yeah, the Omax and Lively are turning to Omax mm-hmm. and Lively, right? So, and, but here's the, here's the sad part. Grant yes. Williams only scored two points. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a few oh, negatives boy. that you could probably take away from and this. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., he shot 16 times, scored 14 points. Right. Negative 32. Yep. Um, and then also, I mean, Omax prosper. I don't know what expectations you have him at this moment. No, he's got a little He got, he got some cardio. Two. Um, so, yeah, uh, like the 903. Hardy, by the way, Hardaway, 15 points. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. 6 of 14 on the floor. He didn't give any give you any assists, and he had mm-hmm. five turnovers. Oh, I mean, he did give you some assists, two assists, but not not notable, and he had five turnovers. Mm-hmm. Kind of speaks to the, uh, the something that we learned in the, in the offseason or in, um, in summer league. He's not going to be the ball distributor that you maybe no. had hoped at one point that he could be. 903 has it right. He was. This was a skeleton crew. Exactly. But with it being a skeleton crew, they competed for, I mean, a lot longer than I think anybody gave them credit for. So kudos to them. The Mavs have a few nights off. They'll be back in action at the American Airlines Center mm-hmm. as they welcome in the Minnesota, or Minnesota. They just play Minnesota. The Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday evening. Giannis, Dame, and Doc. That's right. That's Doc right. Doc Rivers is back. <laughs> I'm laughing about this because literally a week ago, Doc was supposed to be in the building. He might have been in town. Supposed to been part of that ESPN crew yep. with Mike Bream and Doris Burke, and they had to do it by themselves. Or they had a—I uh, forget the other young lady that was joining them last minute. But Doc was supposed to be there, and they did the uh, Doc. We love you. We thought we were going to last a long time, but it didn't work out. Come on, man. He a coach. Yeah, he's he going to go back to coach. And an opportunity popped up. You know, although it's 40 it, million reasons to leave. It's it's a tough circumstance. And right now his team having a little bit of a tough go of it uh, as him and Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard returning to Portland for the first time since. Uh, getting traded to yeah, Milwaukee. Portland ain't that good this year. They're not, but you wouldn't know it by looking at the score right now. Mm-hmm. 63 points apiece for the Bucks and the Portland Trailblazers. In the second quarter with a minute left. Now, mind you, the reason they fired the coach, Adrian Griffin, is because they weren't playing good defense, and they still aren't playing good defense, giving up 63 points in the first half. Yeah, but that was not going to be something that was fixed immediately to give well, to that's Doc, what Doc a little bit saying. of credit. I got I to have time to get my system in. I just, I really am just talking about Doc stuff just to hope that CA gives us more Doc voice. Oh, but you know what? I should not, I should not force you to do that because you still got to get through the rest of the show. And I feel like Doc voice will take you out. I it feel like will that'll... mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we continue to get you your headlines on this evening. By the way, the Mavericks record is now 26 yes. and 22. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Uh, that's a good note to and you have. You said it slipped to eighth? 
Yes, they slipped to eighth in the West. Um, I believe, actually, that the Pelicans got a win tonight as well. So, yes, the Pelicans 27 and 21 are a game ahead of you. They sit in seventh. Um, so, yeah, they're both four and six in their last 10, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Mavericks sitting in that play in window right now. Get healthy, y'all. Get healthy. They need it. Get healthy and uh, get back on their grind. A lot of basketball still to be played, but in theory, you would not. You want to see if you can get above that play in window if you could. Uh, elsewhere around uh, the sports this uh, this day, we found out that the Seattle Seahawks have a new head coach, and it now he is now the youngest head coach as 36 year old Mike McDonald uh, decides to is is you know hired to be the minute Seattle by Seahawks. Minute, by minute, by <laughs> Seattle Seahawks head coach. Uh, it, <laughs> yes, it has led to a ton of Michael McDonald, songs, Doobie man. Brothers, singing yep. by none other than Chris Arnold. A oh, lot the, of fun, the mind The totals are texting and all the lyrics. I mean, it's too funny. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be there. And so, yeah, they, they they go from Pete Carroll, who is long, you know, mainstay in that system, and they move him into the front office if he wants to keep doing things there as a, as a consultant or assistant or whatever the ultimate term is. And they go and they get a young, um, schematically inclined defense coordinator. Mike McDonald did great things with Mike that Ravens McDonald defense. Mike is young enough to be Pete Carroll's grandson. He is. He, he absolutely really is. is. 36, go from 72 to 36. And so he's he's going to take over what is a, a franchise that has a pretty good culture in Seattle as well. And I, I do wonder this, though, because I know that some folks have talked about this. Um you were coming into a team where the dude who previously presided over your team still there and maybe holds a little bit of, um, I don't know, sway in what happens. Mm-hmm. Would that give you any level of pause if you're Mike McDonald going into that job? Not really because they gave him six years. They gave him some security. They it's did? Like, you going to eat this contract? Okay. I, and I think they, he kind of also knows Pete thought he's still going to be coaching. Yeah. And all of a sudden they kicked him upstairs. So he doesn't have the same kind of power as somebody that just says, you know what? I don't want to coach out there every single day. I think I'll just micromanage. That wasn't Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll got sent upstairs against his wishes. Yeah. And I, in part, I think because the defense had gotten a little stale. Yeah. I mean, really, you could look at that defense and say that mm-hmm. they underperformed. They got a lot, a decent amount of talent and they weren't as good as you would have hoped. I imagine that that's not going to be what you say next year with Mike right. McDonald's the head coach. Because you know, if if you're going to keep Geno at least another year or two, you got to have somebody help him some defense because he can't carry nobody. Geno's good, comeback player of the year a year ago, but yeah, you know, he's not like some young superstar. We're talking about the quarterback, and so you got to have something to augment that offense. Um, as we continue your headlines, I should have mentioned this yesterday, but because it came down, uh, this news came down. Yesterday, but the Dallas Wings, the WNBA team that plays at the College Park Center in Arlington, their their unicorn will remain in Dallas for another year. Satu Sabali. There you go. Um, nice. She was a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. or and she, uh, I think she told ESPN, Alyssa Filipow, that um that she would remain, she would be back with the Dallas Wings this year, mm-hmm. and so that's a big uh thing to keep. She was most approved player, really good player for this Wings team. So she remains. And Kalani Brown will also return on a multi-year nice. deal. So they they get to keep some continuity and maybe get an opportunity to try and keep pushing uh, to maybe ultimately contend really deep into the WNBA playoffs and maybe even try and win a championship. Um, and, uh, around uh, some more headlines on this evening. Uh, Can I talk about the World Cup? Did Please you see do. about the press release? Because we've got, we've got an announcement coming in a matter of days on the World Cup. Yes, on... Uh, Sunday. There's no game going on other than the Pro Bowl games. 
So they're going to be a big press conference at AT&T Stadium. Uh, they're inviting media only, and they're going to have uh, coverage of the big announcement from FIFA at 2 p.m. Who's going to get what games mm-hmm. and where the big World Cup game will wind up being? Yeah. I mean, I know that and Gina Miller is going to be hosting it. Oh, really? From, yeah, from FC Dallas. I was oh. talking to Gina this afternoon. That that feels like it might be it might be a good sign. Cross and Gina fingers. Miller, obviously, and really. By the way, I think uh, I think Channel Four and uh, uh, what's the Spanish station? The TV station? It's Fox and who? What? The TV station. I, I'm trying to remember. Telemundo. Is it Telemundo? Telemundo, Telemundo, yeah, Telemundo and has Fox. The are, to it. They're okay. going to carry. Oh, yeah, that's the press, right. Yes, Telemundo they're carry does this, have the rights. They're going to carry this press conference live, two o'clock. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you want to gear up for two years from now, just know that you know World Cup rights held by Fox and mm-hmm. held by Telemundo. That's right. So and for your be Spanish language, live, man, it's I, gonna be big. I, yeah, I mean, we find out. I think it's to be expected that AT and T Stadium will get some big some games, some big games. But they will, will they get, get the final? And they're talking about spending like twenty million dollars reconfiguring and bringing in some real live grass and everything in there. Yeah, and I mean I, that's kind of what's necessary because FIFA makes it you know a hardline stance that they their guys got to play. Oh yeah, on grass. Um, so we'll find out this weekend. Thanks for reminding me of that. Um, some other things that we learned and shout out to the two one four said what up Chris uh, Ibit. Libin? I'm not oh, I, from the Hoop Troop. I hope What's I didn't, on, I hope man? I didn't say your man, my man's name wrong. I apologize, but from the Hoop Troop, shout out to you. Tossing them t-shirts for rolling at the with Airlines us. Center. Yeah, rolling with us on this evening. Got you down. How do you feel about this, CA? As we found oh, out, no, women. That's leaving. My bad. This is leaving, but I call him leaving. Oh, really? Yeah, leaving. <laughs> leaving. Uh, the M- the NBA let us know that they are making a big change. To what happens in their offseason as the NBA draft is going to expand to two nights. So obviously the NBA draft How? is a two. They only have one round. It is a two round draft. Yeah, two rounds. It should take that long. And so what they're going to do is it's going to expand from one night to two. So the first, the first round will be held on June 26th and the second round will take place on June 27th. So ESPN obviously has the rights to the draft. They will continue to air the draft. And I'm going to nitpick this thing. Who Keeps up with the second round of the NBA draft. I don't know, but this I, is not the NFL. It seems like what they're hoping is one. I mean, this is another. That's another event that you're kind of selling sure, to your course. TV deals, of and it's course. very evident that the NBA, all of their moves have been to try and maximize the next TV deal. Mm-hmm. But then also, it seems like one of the thought processes is people get tired of watching this whole thing, and that's maybe why they don't keep up with the second round. So if you if you put the second round on another day, it starts fresh, maybe just maybe people will tap into it and watch it. And I think that that is absurd. Like, I people Crazy. do not keep up with uh, mm-hmm. college basketball and their prospects enough, I think, to come no. into the second when round. When done, and it's hard no, to keep up with these guys. I just, I can't and imagine players that players from all over the world that you never have heard of before. You follow me in, in, in uh, the NFL – you keep up with the college football players because they're there three, two or three years, at least three years. And you got all these schools from all over the United States that you've been watching. You got players from all over the world that you don't know if they're going to be any good or not, let alone college players who are one and done that you haven't kept up with. Now, there is something to say for from like the, the actual um, pragmatic side of this, which is in order to make all 60 picks, in one night, um, there the round, the first round, there's five minutes between picks, and the second round, there's only two minutes between picks, and so that really does add a level of pressure 
to those teams, you imagine that maybe they can stretch the stretch that out a little bit and give teams enough time to negotiate and navigate. But really, I don't, that don't really matter to me. What do I care about that? I mean, they could not televise the second round at all for me. It wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. But ultimately, right. the NBA draft will move to two nights as it feels like everybody's trying to be the NFL. If they could, they could. If they wish that, if they could, they wish they could televise the free agency chase. You know, have oh, that that would make money, man. You know, you know how the much money. Movement? Do you know how much money I would have paid oh, to seen that one night? On. You remember that one night in Houston yeah, yeah. where DeAndre Jordan uh-huh. had the lay had the Clippers yeah, in his they, house. They were knocking on the doors and stuff, <laughs> and trying to the, the banana boat crew was chasing him. Have it be reality show style, just right behind him. Everybody man. just chasing the, the the free agents around. I would pay, if, I'd pay good if money. They for get it. FaceTime and Zoom and uh, ooh mercy. I would love free it. agency shoot. Uh, but that's yeah. what everybody care about. And that's a tough part for the NBA is that's one of your more um, exciting things that people are tapped into. But it, I don't. there's not really a way to sell it. There's no way to sell it. Um, no way to tell it. All you can do is get the the reporters and Sham and Shams and, uh, and uh, Woj to be on camera all the time. Right. Absolutely. Um, before we continue on this evening, one more headline that I want to get to here. Big shout out to uh, Caitlin Clark. Of Iowa. It feels like we're constantly having to bring her name up because, yes, she is a superstar in women's college basketball. And she now takes the number two spot on the all-time scoring list when it comes to um, NCAA basketball. She she now has 3,389 points. She needs five points to uh, jump Jackie Styles to then be the highest scoring women's basketball player um, all time. Um, And so on Wednesday... She had has the chance today, or had the chance rather, to set the big time all time scoring record, and so she's she's just a fascinating player, fantastic mm-hmm. player um, in the NCAA. And it, I know there's a lot of people if you care about the WNBA, where's she gonna go? Wanting to see what's she gonna do? I'm I'm actually I'm not sure if that she's a senior. Does she she might have another year that she could play um, if she wanted to stay in the NCAA? Yeah, when she gets there, uh, Cheryl Swoops has already said. And people trying to dog out Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl Swoops, superstar, a veteran, a, a great, a legend, Texas Tech. She, they asked her opinion. And she said she's going to be a solid pro, but I don't think she's going to immediately do the same things right out the gate. No. She said these, these women, these are, these are her jobs. Like, no, you ain't going to come in here and just show out. And we, we see this in all the leagues. Like, all the leagues. Everybody knows the idea of welcome to the league, Rook. Like, that's, yeah. that is a mentality yeah. that a lot of— Yeah, Cheryl Swoop, they try to twist her words, try to say she's saying something controversial. No, she said she's going to be solid. She didn't say she's going to be terrible. She just said right out the gate, it ain't going to be just like the NCAAs. And, I mean— I think some of this happens because people don't really watch women's sports like exactly. that, and people maybe don't have a lot of respect they for women's don't sports. Know. But just like any other sport, there's a step up in, in uh-huh. quality when you get to another and, level. And just like the NBA, the WNBA players, a lot of them play from, in overseas. They yeah. have been legit pros for years. And there's there's just a different level of speed mm-hmm. that you're going to have to adjust to no matter how great you are. Exactly. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking will. forward and to it. Cheryl says she will. It's just I not, think she will as well. I don't see it happening right off the bat, though. Yeah, um, it's the Get Right right here on 105 Through the Fan. Those are some of your headlines on this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Thanks for rocking with us. And just for you doing that, I got a little something special for you. Let's do a little CA Stories Confidential next.
So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks to Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos. And thank you for rolling with us on this Wednesday evening. Your Mavs fall, um, unfortunately, 121-87, but it was a skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. Missing five guys, all of five them starters, would man. be starters. So, yeah, man, that's that's a tough circumstance when it comes down to um, that one. But they'll be back in action on Saturday when they welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I know one person that'll be there. His name is Chris Arnold. He'll be emceeing, as he always does, keeping that building rocking, making sure that everything goes mm-hmm. well. Um, because, you know, he he has a great time. He's had a lot of great times, and because of that, we get a little CA Stories Confidential. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rigo. Thanks to all the Tolos. Appreciate y'all Let me share some of these crazy stories, things that happened to me over the years, covering sports and entertaining things. And sometimes those worlds collide. Mm-hmm. You know, Gavin Dawson said this a couple of weeks ago. He said, we're in the middle of the greatest offseason in Texas Rangers history. And this past weekend, it was out there for the Fan Fest, the Rangers Fan Fest. Right. Me and Will Chambers and uh, then the Young Guns came on after us, Alex Metford. And, Look, and It looked like y'all had a really cool broadcast position, too. Oh, yeah. We were right behind home plate. Oh, man. They got that arena. I mean, that uh, stadium is so unbelievable. I mean, the, it's, like a, it's like a suite, right? Just the only thing that separates you from the field is the net. You know how the, the baseballs, right. the net, you know, foul balls were so anyway, we're, we're back there, and we have, you know, we did all the broadcasts, Tolos everywhere. We had a great time. And I started thinking about some baseball CA stories kind of stuff. Ooh, okay. And the story I'm going to tell you guys is I was covering a World Series in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ironically, this is where the Mavericks are tonight. That's right. And they were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. And I wound up going over to Prince's house. Yep, Prince. You just said that so casually, like it. I it took me a second, and then I it, like I had to double take. This man just casually, yeah, I just went over to Prince's house. That's crazy. Did you also play basketball? No, but his goal <laughs> was out in the driveway. So here's what's so crazy. This is the craziest story because I'm I'm covering. I was first time I ever been to Minneapolis. I'm covering the World Series. When you cover the World Series, you know they got two games at home, three games on the road. Two games. Oh yeah, this is before two, three, we. Two. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. They still. I'm now. I started thinking about basketball. Two two one one one. But even then, they had two three two back then, right? Well, I'm in Minneapolis for like yeah. I'm in Minneapolis for a whole week. There's oh, some, there's yeah. some in between days, right? So I'm up there, and I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and in Memphis, Tennessee, Elvis is. You know, that's where Elvis is from. Yes, sir. And Elvis, Graceland, the mansion. Everybody knew where Elvis lived, and I'm like, okay, I'm in Minneapolis. This is in the late 80s. I want to say it was 87. And I'm like, Prince is big. Everybody knows where Prince's house is. I bet you can go by and stand outside his house. Mm-hmm. Like Graceland. When Elvis was like, even to this day, you go by Graceland and everybody knows where Elvis lived. And it's kind of like in Hollywood. It's like, okay, that's so-and-so's house. Like, right. You know, the, the whole star tours and yeah, all that. I'm like, yeah. Minneapolis? Where? So I'm asking people, where does Prince live? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? You're from Minneapolis. He lives here somewhere. I said, let me call a cab company. And they have Uber back there. So let me call a cab company. Can y'all take me over to Prince's house? This is the middle of the day. Yeah. They said, Prince Rogers Nelson? I said, yeah. The Prince? Sure, we can set a cab over right away. Oh, really? Okay, I thought it would be tough because Prince is notoriously real guarded very about private. his. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but it's, I wasn't expecting to see Prince. I just want to see his house. Yeah, see where he's at. Stand yeah. out front, take some pictures, whatever, right? Cab driver said, we're going to find this house. We go over to this purple house. 
There yeah, was that's a his. Gate out front. That was definitely his. Yeah, it had the symbol. Now this is in the late. He had he hadn't even changed his name to the symbol, but he had the symbol on the gate. Mm-hmm. The house was purple, but it was a real light purple. It was kind of uh, a lavender, like a lavender purple. Yes. Yeah. And he had is a puce basketball. The right, is puce the right color? I feel like puce also. Sorry, I'm distracting now. He had a basketball goal in the driveway, and I already knew he played pickup basketball, and I knew he was on, like, the basketball team in high school because mm-hmm. I already done my research, and I had met him before. Met him in Dallas a couple of times. And I'm like, okay, that's his house. I'm going to have the cab driver take a picture of me standing in the front of the gate, this iron gate with the symbol, and I start taking some pictures. And this guy comes by walking his dog. He goes, you know, Prince don't live here no more. I said, what? He said, well, his da- he still owns the house, but his dad stays there now. Oh. Really? I said, oh, man, so this he doesn't stay here. He said, I said, when did he move? Last year. He just moved into a bigger house. Mm-hmm. I said, well, well, where does he live now? He said, well, I, he told me the address. Oh, wow. And the, I mean, because it's one of the neighbors. And by the way, when I go over there, there was nobody there. From the two and four, was it a lady cab driver? Lady cab driver. No, what? I wish that would have been so good. That would have been perfect, wouldn't it? There's a lot of singing on this show tonight. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Anyway. The Get Right Musical. That's what it is. Yeah. So I get the new address, and it's in a different part of Minneapolis, like Minnetonka, like by Lake Minnetonka, Mm -hmm. like in the movie Purple Rain. And I go over there, and it's like a hill. It goes up into, there's wooded, and it's like a hill. You can't even see the house. And he had a guard gate, and there was nobody there, just me, the cab driver, mm-hmm. and the guard in the guard house. And I go over there, and I say to the guard, I say, hey, I was told this is Prince's house. He goes, it's, yes, it is. And he said, who are you? Because I like, Right, right. That's that's a great question. I, I said, think I'm here covering the World Series for the station in Dallas, K104 FM, and you know we've done Prince concerts and stuff, and I've met him before. But he goes, oh yeah. He said, well, Prince ain't here today. He said he's down in the recording studio. He's at Paisley Park. He said, you want to see the house? I said, yeah. He said, I'm not gonna take you in there. Okay. I was like, yo. He had it on his in his little guard station. He had the little screens where you. Punch the button and you see all the different parts of the house. Okay. He said. Man, it'd be bad if he was trying to rob them, though. No, 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 no. No, no. I mean, clearly you're not. You're well above that. I even showed him my little media credential because I was showing him, hey, you know, I'm covering the World Series. Mm -hmm. Because you just never know. It might come in handy. Right while I was talking to him and he's showing me the house, Prince pulls up. Did you know Prince drives his own car? Well, he did before he passed away. Interesting. I I, I don't know I ever thought about it. Well, you know, you, a lot of these stars, and right, Prince right. is not that tall. That is true. He's like five, three, five, four. Oh, anyway, really? that's short. he was driving in high heels a white BMW. And the guy goes, it's Prince. Because it was white BMW pulls up. And Prince stopped because you had to open up the gate and mm-hmm. all that. And he looks at me, and I wave at him, and he waves back, and he lowers his window. And he says, hey, how you doing? I say, hey. I say, I'm Chris. I'm from Dallas. K one away. He goes, Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with K104 because, you know, I keep up with the big station. Right, of course. And he said, he said, I said, what is I just come to the World Series. I said, what's up? We go there. He said, you should go by my studio. I said, Paisley Park? He goes, yeah. He said, 
cab driver. He told him the directions were Paisley Parkway. So Prince, he said, I'll tell them let you in. Yo. So, you know, I wave goodbye. He goes over the hill, as, you know, his mansion. And by the way, you know now, he actually moved into Paisley Park. That became his residence because he was always there right. in the studio. Yep. But he was living in another house in a big mansion over this hill. So I go over to Paisley Park, and they let me in. And I take pictures of me at Paisley Park and all the difference. They got the Academy Awards. Legendary there. recording studio. I'm like, okay, it's cool. So I'm thinking, all right, and I do all this stuff, and Prince had let me in, and I'm taking pictures of different parts of Paisley Park. I'm like, this is cool. And I go back to my hotel, and then when I go to the game, I'm telling different people, I, was, I went out to Prince's house his original house is purple his daddy's standing there and i go to the other house and the guard shows me on the mind and the prince pulls up in his white bmw and prince tells me to go to paisley park and then they let me in he lets, tells them to let me in and i'm taking pictures and stuff over there like wow that's so cool i'm not lying years later nba all-star weekend is in minneapolis yes sir and tom joiner is at the All-Star game. He wasn't working at K-104 no more. He had his own syndicated show at this time. I'm covering it for K-104. And Prince decides to have an after party. Mm. On Saturday night, All-Star Saturday night, where they have a slam dunk contest, three-point shootout. It was invitation only, and you had to know somebody to get in. Sure. And Tom said, Chris, I got some passes. I said, you are kidding me. Wow. He said, you got to go. I said, I definitely will go. So we go to the party. And Prince is there, and he's being the great host. And it's probably, there might not even be 100 people at this party. And we're all over Paisley Park. And at one part, and by the way, you had to show the, the pass to get in. They were turning down people at the door, including the guy that played Carlton. Oh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Alfonso Rivera was there with two beautiful girls, and they would not let him in because he didn't have a pass. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, we're in, and he's not. And if I ever see Alvonso Rivera, I will bring that up. You know, I was there, then they didn't let you in. <laughs> but so, so here's here's what's so cool. At this point, Prince had changed his name to the symbol. That's right. The artist formerly known as yes, Prince. And I'm talking to some of his band because they're there too, and we're having hors d'oeuvres and they're playing music all over the house, all over this, all over the place, part of the studio and stuff. And I said, "What do y'all call him? What do y'all call him? And we call him Prince." It's Prince. We just call him Prince. That's for like show business. That's what, right. So I go up to Prince. I said, and we're sitting there talking because it's like five or six people are sitting in this little um, lounge chairs and stuff. And I said, so how do you pronounce your name? And he looked straight at me in the eye and he paused and he said, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, what time are you, you guys going to stay for a while? I said, yeah. However long it is. He said, we're going to perform. I said, is that right? He said, yes, we're going to open up the backside tower. Because had, he had the whole backside where they had a rehearsal studio. It was one thing he had a studio where he writes his, you know, he, he records his song. Right, of course. He had an entire big, where he could practice going out on concert tour. Where he did, I mean, the whole sound stage. So we go out there, he's performing. This is like one o'clock in the morning. He's performing, he performs for hours. And by the way, in the crowd was Tevin Campbell. And oh, wow. Tevin, Tevin was from Waxahachie, and we had Tevin on the show, K104. So I know Tevin. Prince says, Tevin, come up to the stage. 
And Tevin's like, no. And I'm like, Tevin. If you don't get, if you don't Prince get. Prince had wrote a song for Tevin. There was a big hit called Shh. And Tevin didn't want to sing on the stage with him because he was embarrassed because Tevin was just a teenager. And part he said, <laughs> one of the lyrics in the song was, I want to do you after school like my homework. And he's like, I didn't yeah. want to do that in front of the crowd. <laughs> and there was another band, a rock band called Soul Asylum. And they were from, I don't know if they're from Wisconsin or Minneapolis. Okay. Or but they were, and they performed with Prince and they couldn't believe they could perform with Prince. And so Prince did by himself. And he did all these different hits. And then he left. And we're like, it's like three in the morning. Like, that's it? We're and he goes, No, he's gonna change clothes. Oh. And he did more songs. Y'all got like full on. And mind that's you, wild. there were there were a couple of other NBA players, and the only other NBA player that I recognized that was there was David Robinson, the Admiral. Yeah. And so he was like standing right behind me. And we stayed, and Prince performed another couple of hours. Yo, when this party was over, it was daylight. That's wild. It had to end just before 7 a.m. It was Sunday morning around 7 a.m. The All-Star game was later the afternoon. And when we got to the All-Star game, I'm talking about when I got there, and I told, like, Michael Wilbon and some of the other guys, I was like, you guys will not believe me. <laughs> got to go to the Prince set. No, man, tell me what happened. He played all night long till seven in the morning. Damn, man. So I've been to Paisley Park. First, Prince let me go in there by myself. Then to his party. Went to two of his houses. And I should say three because he moved into Paisley Park. Yeah, Paisley Park. Park, yeah. And that's because I went to cover the World Series. And because you just had a day off and you were like, let's go see some. Run my mouth. That's Talk my way into stuff. All right. Well, I'm about and to start running go. my mouth, and I guarantee it won't work nearly as well as the tremendous stories of life of Chris Arnold. It's crazy. That's incredible. Wow. 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 Somebody said, "Is that the, the that's that's got to be the story uh, that they were talking about with uh, you know the the Charlie Murphy stories." On, what story? Uh, oh, that's uh, like the, the party. Pre- oh, that, that's shoot. I told you we had Charlie Murphy on the station, the K104. Yeah, you have. And he told me the story about. In fact, I even had the. Yeah, can you pull the audio real quick, real 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 quick? We might have to. We might have to pull it up on the other side of the break. But I, we'll get to I it. I interviewed Prince mm-hmm. about Dave Chappelle's story mm-hmm. about them playing basketball. I interviewed him on K one hundred four. I've got the audio. You want to hear that? Sure, absolutely. You want to hear that on the other side? Of you? Absolutely, absolutely. We've played this before, and I've done some CA stories. Yeah, Charlie Murphy uh, on Dave Chappelle's show tells the story about how Prince. Could really play basketball. For sure. And they played the blouses, and Dave Chappelle played Prince. And when I interviewed Prince, he, he called into K104 because he's coming to town. He met Dave Chappelle, and we talked about did he serve them pancakes? Yeah, we got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do that in the final call, which will come up next on the fan.
Let's get right right here on 105 through the fan. I forgot I was supposed to be working. I started listening to music. Thanks for rolling with us. Uh, I'm Reginald Atula. <laughs> that is Chris Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer. Appreciate you, Rodrigo, for giving us this music one and hanging out with us all evening. Uh, it's the final call here on the Get Right. I guess I should give you some updates on things that happen in the course of the evening. Your Dallas Mavericks taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves in uh, Minneapolis. They fall 121-87. to um, that, that was not one that they were expected to win as five, count them, five starters not available, Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Derek Lively II, Derek Jones Jr., and Dante Exum were all ruled out. So, you know, you got the bench mob getting in there. They did what they could. They competed for half of basketball, but ultimately fall. They will uh, well, they will be back in Dallas uh, on Saturday when they welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be, as C.A. put it, uh, Giannis, Dame, and Coach Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc's going to be in town. So that'll, that'll be a fun one. Um, but, yeah, we were just doing CA Stories Confidential. CA mm-hmm. was telling us about just the fascinating things that he's been able to uh, encounter with when he went to Minneapolis and seeing both the Prince's Houses and Paisley Park. Yep. And throughout the course of that, someone asked you a question, didn't they? Yeah, we got Tolos texting in and said, hey, did you play basketball, shirts versus blouses? And then somebody asked, that's kind of like that party Charlie Murphy's talking about. And they were talking about the Chappelle. Uh, the Chappelle show, the legendary skit where uh, Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's brother, talked about the time that Eddie Murphy and his guys, including Charlie, played Prince and his guys, some of the revolutions, some of the musicians, in a game of pickup basketball at Prince's mansion. He had a mansion in, in, uh, in L.A. as well. And it was such a legendary skit because Dave Chappelle played Prince Looking like Dave Chappelle with a wig on. Mm-hmm. And they were playing the blouses versus the shirts. And we've had Charlie Mur- Murphy on the show before he passed away years ago. And he would talk about that it was a true story. Although Prince wasn't wearing heels and stuff, but they could play basketball. And the whole thing was uh, Dave Chappelle love was the, the fact that people can't even imagine Prince playing basketball, but he could play basketball for real. For sure. And that game actually happened. Late at night, they were hanging out at Planet Hollywood. And then they moved on over to Prince's house and the whole nine yards. Well, back in the day, Prince was coming to the American Airlines Center. This is the early 2000s. And he called up K104's morning show, me and Skip Murphy and company. Mm. And we were talking to him about all kinds of stuff. And because that was like one of the biggest things, Chappelle show and the skit and all that, you know I had to ask Prince if that was true. Now, I know, because I heard Dave Chappelle came by your after party in New York. Right. I heard you really do play basketball really good. Oh, yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> they said, yeah, you you took on Eddie Murphy and Eddie's brother in a game of basketball and then gave him some pancakes afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pancakes was just kind of like, you know, like a diss, just a, you know. Right, but you like beat him. Jemima, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you beat him. That's great, man. That's a great story. I mean, it was the least I could do. <laughs> there you go. The Man, rest of the story. That's fantastic. Uh, someone said, ask CA if he met Rick James. Oh, my goodness. CA, oh, you? yes, okay. of course. All right. That's that's a CA story for another time at this point. Oh, yeah, that's goodness. another one. Just keep listening to the Get Right on the weekends. Whenever I pop on, I'll slide one of those Rick James stories. In Always About worth. the time he fell out on stage in Dallas. Everybody oh. thought he was dead, but oh, he wasn't. Goodness. Always worth listening to CA stories confidential.
Um, and I'll always try and get it to you if we can uh, here on the Get Right uh, when CA graces me with his presence. I appreciate you hanging out with me, my guy. Um, Anytime. Anytime. On, Love the Get Right. Appreciate it. Uh, right now, though, I did want to, as we're continuing in the final call, um, this was something that, you know, really became, that was talked about a lot earlier today, and it revolves around Tony Snell. Tony Snell, uh, NBA player who was drafted by the Chicago Bulls in 2013. Um, real journeyman, pl- has played for quite a few teams. And what we found out, is, I guess, earlier today, is that Tony Snell really needs to, um, really needs to get signed by a team um, by Friday in order to try and uh, complete a 10th year of service for the Players Association so that he can uh, get Get that pension. Yeah, get the pension, get Mm -hmm. to the benefits program. Um, Now, this isn't just like, I want to get some money. Apparently, it's crucial for his family, including uh, his two sons with autism. He says, quote, it's something I truly need. So he needs to sign with an NBA team by Friday in order to complete that that circumstance. It's kind of crazy, though, like, Obviously, like when we look at all these players uh, in sports and they're kind of, you know, trying to negotiate for things, the the pensions are things that we don't talk about a ton, but right. it ends up being like a big deal, especially when you consider like the average career is probably significantly shorter than that 10 years. Exactly. In fact, you most in the NFL is for like five years. NBA, it might go six or seven. Baseball, it could go eight. And everybody doesn't get paid the big money, you know. We always talk about, uh, like, Luca making his big money, but who's making the big money on the end of the bench? Nobody, you know? So sometimes if you're in the NBA, you might wind up spending money like you're the starter or the all-star, and then you don't have that same kind of money. So that pension is huge, especially if you're a a star basketball player and you got family and friends, and next thing you know, it's kind of like if you won the lottery and you wind up taking care of everybody. Yeah, um, somebody said from the 972, that's why Derek Holland ain't going to work another day in his life. He got that service time. Yes, yeah, sir. that service time is absolutely necessary. Um, and for him, I know that there's uh, on the G-Bag Nation, those guys were kind of re- recounting some of this. And they're like, man, we got to give him a 10-day contract. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not even enough. He would need to play for the remainder of the season yeah. in order to accrue enough time for it to count as a, as a year of service time for him to be able to get that done. So. I mean, you would hope that maybe a team sees that as a story worthwhile, but the tough part about it is there's there's a, probably a lot of guys that have been a in similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. So close. Yeah, man. It's it's something that we, we always look at, you know, wanting to get young players in mm-hmm. and draft guys in, but that always pushes folks out, you know? That's exactly where I was going with this. You always talk about, okay, get some of these younger guys in, and then you hear about some of these veterans sitting around waiting until December and hoping somebody brings them back aboard or they wind up playing overseas and then come back again. They're trying to get that pension. Even I mean, even if you think, okay, they've been making a couple of million dollars. When you get through playing taxes on that stuff, come on. Oh boy. Woo. Um yes. you got about mama house. I'm just that's what they do. I mean, sure, I'm sure. Um, and so yeah, man, Tony Snell, just uh, one of those I think a lot of people tend to like him. Yeah. I don't know exactly what exact what it was about Tony Snell, mm-hmm. but a journeyman and just hoping and praying that he can get another another chance to Finish out his, uh, become fully vested, I guess is the way that you say that. Um, Some other things real quick in the final call. I found this a little interesting. The Packers obviously needed to hire a defense coordinator. They fired Joe Barry. um, And apparently they're expected to hire Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley 
as a defensive coordinator, mm. which is not typically what you would think of is going to college and getting a yeah. head coach to come up and be a coordinator. You usually get somebody that's a defensive coach to be the coordinator that's a pro already. In other words, not a former player necessarily, but somebody who's been in the NFL as an assistant on the on the defensive side of the ball. Or even then, maybe a coordinator at the lower level, right? Just an opportunity to uh-huh. switch to a different level. No, the head coach of Boston College, he spent the last four seasons as head coach of Boston College, mind you. Um, now, he's previously coached in the NFL. He was previously go. a DB okay, coach with the okay. Bucks, the Browns, the Niners. You know what? Now, it makes sense to me. Okay, it's kind of like when Harbaugh went back to college. This guy went back to college. Yeah. And so, but one thing I did find interesting about this, though, is like, he had a head coaching job in college, but Boston College is one of those. It's not, obviously not a big-time job not necessarily in college football. It's not Alabama. And it does make me wonder how much of this is, like, just the way that college football is starting to uh, work out, where the middle class of college football, it might not be worthwhile to stay there. It might be worthwhile to go elsewhere and find Especially greener pressures. Especially with that portal playing with your money. Because you don't know if you'll last because you don't know if you'll keep your players. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it, the job is more difficult now. Uh-huh. Now, that's what the money is for. But the job is absolutely more difficult as you're recruiting high school players. You're recruiting them out of the transfer portal. And you're recruiting your own players to see if you can keep them from transferring elsewhere. And so maybe that speaks to the ways in which it's a little bit more difficult as a head coach, particularly in those like middle tiers and lower mm-hmm. tiers. Obviously, the big time ones, It's I think it's a little bit different. But anyways... That's going to do it for us here on the Get Right. CA, appreciate you hanging with me as always. Anytime, all the time. Are you back? You're back tomorrow? Yes, sir. We'll do it again. Uh, Rodrigo, appreciate you uh, holding it down for us here as well. Uh, you can always listen to 105 Through the Fan, and you should always listen to 105 Through the Fan. Turn it on, leave it on. And that starts at 530 tomorrow morning. I mean, you should keep it on right now. 530 a.m., Sean and RJ will get going to get you going. That'll go to KNC, to G-Bag, and we'll be back from 7 to 11 right here Woo-hoo. on the fan. Until then, y'all be easy. Peace. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.